This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. I woke up with your name on my lips. I woke up with your lips on my imagination.
From the back blocks of Melbourne, Joanne there with Jackie. It's four after four. You want in your face on 3CR with James. Thanks heaps to Matt for burning vinyl. Thanks heaps to Music Matters. We're here to five o'clock, uh, followed by Jacob with a Friday rave. Two awesome guests on today's show. Kicking off at ten past four, I'll be talking to Damien Stevens, Todd from Thorn Harbour, all about LGBTIQ, rural health and support issues. And at 4.35, I'll be joined in the studio by Sam Matthews. They're the director of Unboxed, uh, a documentary series screening as part of Tilda tonight, Melbourne's very own trans and gender diverse film festival. Uh, that kicks off at 7.30 at the Footscray Performing Arts Centre. Uh, so stick around till 5 o'clock here on In Your Face. All righty, got some more music. Uh, here's Pharrell Williams. Marilyn Monroe. different.
keep it this thorough. Pharrell Williams there, Marilyn Monroe, it's 10 past 41, in your face on 3CR. But James, on the line we have Damien Stevens-Todd. Damien is the program coordinator for Thorn Harbour Country. And of course, Thorn Harbour provides much needed health information uh, and peer support for the LGBTIQ communities. Welcome back to 3CR, Damien. It's been a while since we chatted. Good afternoon, it sure has. So, Damien, tell us about some of the LGBTIQ communities you work with in rural areas. How varied are they? Pretty uh, focused these days on the Bendigo and Loddon Mallee region. My role at Thorn Harbour Country, uh, you know, um, stems from probably the most southern point, uh, Castlemaine, right up through Swan Hill. Uh, to the top of Victoria in Mildura. So it's a very large, uh, long region. Lots of time on the road for you. Uh, There is. I was in Swan Hill yesterday uh, talking all things uh, trans uh, fertility, which was an interesting topic, Uh, and that was a great day. And, um, yeah, last week I was in Kyabrum. I do get, uh, you know, around the region, and it's it's good. It's good to travel and good to visit communities, rural and regional wasn't too long ago when talking about trans and fertility issues would have been absolutely radical in Swan Hill. Um, <laughs> how was it received yesterday? Uh, surprisingly well. I was, um, it, it was it's great to see. And, and really, you know, Swan Hill uh, or, uh, you know, Bendigo itself, uh, even places like um, Kyabram, to my surprise and delight these days, are proactively getting in touch with us at Thorn Harbour Country saying, you know, We've got LGBTI seniors, we've got young people who really need more inclusive services and, and we want to take a, you know, a positive, proactive approach to, to um, ensuring we're meeting their healthcare needs and they're stepping up. It's really great. So what do you think has evoked that shift? Uh, has the marriage postal survey and the overwhelming result around the country, do you think that was a factor, for example? I'm sure that's been part of it. I think uh, when our majority uh, of you know, our country spoke up. It really gave permission for those who may have been supporters but not might not have been actively doing great work, you know, and perhaps felt a bit like their, their colleagues may shun the idea, really gave them permission to step up. And at the same time, you know, um, our, our government, uh, like them all of them, you know, they really have started implementing, you know, um, mechanisms where, you know, and some funding where, you know, key organisations, especially in the space of our elders, um, you know, can step up and, and really enhance and improve the lives and well-being and mental health of, of our communities. Great. So what are elders, LGBTIQ elders, telling you in regional areas? Are there some themes that keep popping up? Wow. We had a beautiful film screening and film launch in Bendigo recently on the 8th of October, a film that was made locally called LGBTI Seniors, untold histories shared the stories of around about eight um, LGBTI people who were 55 plus. Uh, I can I can reflect back and think from a, from a trans person who lived in Violet Town, uh, you know, a short step away from Bendigo, uh, to intersex community members. I think every letter of our most common acronym, LGBTI, was covered. And, you know, there are so many stories of... Um, of joy, but so much, you know, trauma and, um, you know, people alive when laws in our country, you know, certainly didn't affirm marriage. In fact, many of the elders or older LGBTI people who spoke 
um, shared memories of their friends and family who'd been in jail. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff to recover from there. And, and therefore, when moving into aged care or, or trying to socialise and feeling less isolated, it's really important to get it right when we're creating spaces for, uh, for all LGBTI people. What are some of the concerns LGBTIQ elders express about aged care? Yeah, great question. So, as you can imagine, uh, when uh, people age, uh, sometimes their um, their faculties uh, deteriorate. So it might be that someone, uh, for example, is developing Alzheimer's and or feels totally unsafe in a very heterosexist environment and as such almost has to go back into the closet. You know, uh, talks about their long-term partner as their friend and really... Um, you know, has fears about their care and, you know, being able to express any any element at all about their sexuality and, you know, being bullied by whether it's the workers or even their peers, you know, um, who they're living with in, in aged care facilities. Um, sexual health even, you know, for people who are still enjoying, you know, embracing their, their intimate side at that age. There's some, you know, real fears and challenges that um, older LGBTI people have spoken to. Tell us about some of the community development projects Thorn Harbour Country is working on. Great. So we have um, several services uh, at our Bendigo office on Hargrave Street. And um, more recently, we've been uh, working on uh, what we call our local drug action team project. So we have some uh, funding to put together a community reference group, so absolutely engaging with the very people uh, that we want to, um, you know, work with around drug action. And that project actually gives them a voice. We've, we've asked them, what matters to you when it comes to uh, enjoying spaces that can be socially engaging but do not have to revolve around alcohol or other drugs? And so they've been developing uh, a campaign, uh, some slogans, some postcards, some short videos, which you'll see really soon, um, to really, um, I, I guess, I guess uh, help LGBTI people take pride in being able to socialise without uh, alcohol and other drugs. That's one really fantastic uh, project we've been working on that you'll see some outcomes for soon. Other services we have, though, include counselling, um, rapid HIV testing in Bendigo, and, um, you know, we even have a community ICE action grant. Uh, and so we have a focus on um, uh, ICE and, uh, and other drugs. And we're putting together a, a three-day arts festival for next year uh, in April. So lots happening and we'd love people to get involved. Fantastic. Now, how does rapid testing for HIV work in Bendigo? Yeah, so we have a partnership with Bendigo Community Health Service such that we have a, a peer tester, so a, a, um, a gay man who uh, will test uh, peers, so other men who have sex with men, and every fortnight uh, on a Thursday after hours, so from about 3pm till 9pm, our peer tester there uh, at Bendigo Community Health Services uh, will have a half an hour appointment with you, um, do a finger prick test, screen uh, your blood and then be able to give you um, results almost immediately uh, through a screening and then that would indicate whether um, the blood has tested positive or not and then whether further testing uh, should be encouraged. How and, along- yeah, and alongside that, you can then organise a whole lot of other you know, sexual health tests as well, 
uh, with the you know local um, uh, men's health nurse there. So yeah, all, all all services under one roof. It's great. How accessible is prep in the regional communities you work with? What's the uptake been like, and are there barriers in country areas uh, that make it difficult for people to have those conversations with service providers in order to go on prep? Another great question. So in Bendigo itself, we have at least two, if not three, local chemists where PrEP is readily available. Uh, The conversations uh, with many of the GPs are getting better. Certainly the GPs uh, who are well known to us at Thorn Harbour Country, and we're happy to give out uh, those details if people contact us. Um, Accessing PrEP uh, is is pretty easy now in, in Bendigo. The PEP, however, um, so for those who know or don't know who are listening in, PrEP, if you like, is a daily tablet you can take uh, uh, to prevent HIV infection. And PEP, if you like, is the equivalent of a morning after pill if you think you might have been exposed to HIV. So it's still pretty tricky in most regional areas um, to be able to access, whether it's a hospital, an emergency department, and access PEP. Um, uh, but PEP uh, absolutely is far more accessible in regional areas now than ever before, which is a wonderful thing. To what extent have you noticed an increase in the number of people in the rural communities that you work with uh, identifying as trans or gender diverse or non-binary? Mm, excellent. So we now at Thorn Harbour Country run a weekly trans uh, support group. So every week, uh, my colleague Martin, he on a Tuesday night runs um, a, 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 you know a session of an evening where anything from five to ten participants can gather and uh, talk about all things on uh, your trans journey, if you like. Some evenings it can be a buzz of conversation and coffee. Other evenings it can be, you know, learning tips about how to apply makeup and or, you know, um, uh, shave or um, grow facial hair (laughs) or, you know, um, what jewellery to wear and, you know, um, clothes swapping. So um, it's a real um, engaging uh, group there and, you know, our our trans community is ever visible and ever growing and that's also a wonderful thing. We mentioned the positive side of the postal survey before, but are you kind of dealing with um, groups or individuals that perhaps feel like they were thrown under a bus during that period? Are you still mopping up some messes? Most certainly, and that's where our counselling services come in. Uh, two days a week we offer counselling by appointment, and that's not only for individuals but also couples uh, and, and families or parents of, for example, LGBTI people who need it. Um, you know, the words you use are very right. Uh, you know, there is still uh, some mopping up to be done, some people who are still uh, severely um, hurting from the, uh, the survey last November. Uh, you know, even, you know, almost 12 months on now, people are still accessing our services. In fact, our councillor has a, a very full caseload um, and, you know, bookings are by appointment, but we'd love to see people if they need someone to chat to. Um yeah, it's very important. Awesome. Give us those contact details for Thorn Harbour Country so people can access you. Great. So our website is thornharbour.org and the thorn has an E on the end. So it's T-H-O-R-N-E, thornharbour.org. Uh, have a look for the Bendigo services on our website and we'd love to hear from you uh, via email, 
uh, all the phone numbers are there on the website as well. Damien Stevens Todd, keep up the great work and thanks heaps for joining us today on 3CR. It's been awesome chatting. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Damien Stevens Todd there from Thorn Harbour. It is 4.22. You are on In Your Face on 3CR and here's Christine Aguilera.
Christine Aguilera there, fighter. It's 4.26 and you're on 3CR. This year's TILDA, Melbourne Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival, is packed with stories that represent the rich tapestry of trans and gender diverse people's lives. The program runs from Thursday the 8th to Sunday the 11th of November at Footscray Community Arts Centre and celebrates the best trans and gender diverse cinema on offer, along with Q&A sessions with festival guests and opening and closing night events. Program details and tickets are available at tildamelbourne.com. A 3CR supporter.
Nirvana there, Penny Royal T. It's 4.30 on In Your Face on 3CR. Up next, I'll be talking to Sam Matthews, the director of Unboxed. It's a documentary screen tonight at 7.30 as part of the Tilda Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival, which is happening at the Footscray Performing Arts Centre. But in the meantime, here's Run DMC. Daddy 
Run DMC there, Walk This Way. It's 25 to 5 on Interface on 3CR with James. I'm joined in the studio by Sam Matthews. Sam is the director of Unboxed. It's a documentary screening tonight at the Tilda Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival. Kicks off at 7.30 at the Footscray Performing Arts Centre. Welcome to 3CR, Sam. Thanks so much, James. So Unboxed, tell us about the six trans and gender diverse people you encountered around the country to put this documentary together. Absolutely. So we, my, my team and I went out to find six gender diverse artists from around Australia. Um, so we have Bailey Rose Farnham, um, a dancer and choreographer, Bo James, a performer, Jackie Ingram, a portrait painter, Black, an experimental filmmaker, Teddy Lindvier, a singer-songwriter, and Stephanie Russell, um, a writer and poet. And they're all from diverse locations. So where did you find them? Whereabouts in the country are they? Certainly. So um, Stephanie's from Adelaide and we have two uh, Melbourneites, so in, in Bailey Rose um, and Jackie. Um, and then we have three people from New South Wales, um, one in Sydney, one in New- in Newcastle, and another in rural New South Wales. So, so varied areas. Yes, we we're hoping to get to more of the con- country, but, you know, there are budget limitations in filmmaking. So we, we chose the best cross-section of people in terms of ethnic diversity, age diversity, Indigenous representation and gender identities as possible. So what are some of the things they talk about? Certainly. So really in this series, um, I wanted to explore the intersection of art in in its multiple forms and gender. So for some artists, they, they, you know, use art, almost art as therapy, like many people do. It's a way of expressing their their feelings and ideas. And and that may not necessarily mean that they're painting about the topic of gender. It might just be a way to let out their emotions. Um, And then, and then others are a little bit more, more political um, or, you know, or they're advocating for, um, gender diversity through their artwork. Yeah, I was going to ask you about those political issues. Okay. Uh, how do they come out? Tell us how how those you know issues around gender diversity and, and social change and acceptance and pushing for legislative form, reform in relation to that. How does that manifest in their art? Okay, I guess you could say it's it, it's sometimes quite subtle, but I think that works well. You know, in terms of our audience. I really wanted a broad audience to, to be able to see this film and engage with it. And and I think, you know, in a way we're at a stage um, in, in society where simply being trans or gender diverse is in and of itself political, whether we like it or not, or whether we mean it to be or not. Um, so, but I can give you some examples. I mean, Bailey Rose from Melbourne, she's a um, a brilliant dancer and choreographer. Um, the piece that she makes for the show Unboxed, um, she chore- choreographs a dance piece, which is just beautiful. And she's exploring themes of um, diversity and um, representation of LGBTIQ people. Um, and, you know, she's moving very much away from certain structures um, traditional. I'm, I'm not a dancer, as you can tell, but, um, you know, like in ballet, you have the masculine role and the feminine role. So very traditional gender roles, whereas her piece very much breaks away from this to try to tell a different story. Do you find your radar is so nuanced that you can tell a trans artist just by looking at their work? No, no, I don't think so. No. Um, I think, um, you know, certainly the the kinds of art, um, you know, they're so diverse in themselves and, um, 
but, uh, Jackie, our other Melbourne artist too, she does these these absolutely stunning, stunning giant portrait paintings with um, oils and, and acrylics. And, um, you know, they could have been painted by anyone, but, um, you know, art is a way for her to really focus on something other than her gender. So, you know, that's just another example of, of how art can intersect in a way or, yeah, um, really I wanted to um, base the series in something other than gender, you know, obviously those themes are going to come out and we're going, going to explore those themes, but I think it's really important for people to see trans people as people going about their lives among families and communities that support them. I think that's really the first step in um, widespread acceptance. Do the artists talk about how the political debates around gender diversity actually affect them personally? Um, not not so much. Um, I guess, again, they, they touch on them in, in certain ways. Bo from Sydney um, touches on, um, you know, in, his Indigenous heritage and how um, that intersects with with his gender identity. Um, and, and also um, Black, the filmmaker from Newcastle, touches on um, their experience of beauty and what what beauty means. So they're, they're, the political aspects are, are far more subtle. I mean, me as a filmmaker I, or, or as a person, I'm actually quite um, political myself. So I could, you know, don't mention the Safe Schools program around me because I'll talk about it for an hour. <laughs> but but in making the film, I really wanted these, these episodes to be about the people themselves and, and there are varying degrees of advocacy and, and or politics in those different people. Let's do focus on safe schools for a moment. Uh, We've seen the recent religious freedom debate become a huge issue during the Wentworth by-election. There was a leaked report, of course, uh, and talk of throwing kids out of school who are queer. Uh, Looks like the Prime Minister's overturned that, but there's still real concerns about LGBTIQ teachers uh, losing losing their jobs. Look. Uh, do you find that that you know that that debate is just doing so much damage? Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's hard to know whether getting it out in the open is is a good thing. You know, but how can it be a good thing? Because it was I mean, an attack. I mean, that debate has yeah, been a real attack I'm, on safe schools, oh, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, it's an absolute tragedy what went down with with safe schools and how it was, I think, dismantled and and. Um, there are so many fallacies brought up about it. Um, and, and, you know, I just so wish that when I was in school, um, I had a program like that, um, and that I'd, you know, that I was even taught of the word transgender, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not Robinson Crusoe. That's every trans person's story of my generation. Um, and older, um, Sorry, what's your question? <laughs> well, just the damage that's done. Because uh, yeah, really look, that I mean, debate I has think, been a euphemism think, for attacking safe schools, hasn't it? Look, it has in a way. And it's really it's really um, horrific that, you know, a lot of the times in the community we, we use LGBTIQ kids um, as a way to discuss these topics because they're the most vulnerable ones as well. Um, you know, to link it back to the series, probably the person most affected by this would be would be Jackie from Melbourne. She's actually a teacher, an art teacher, brilliant, brilliant one at that. And uh, she she's had trouble at schools, um, and she mentions this in the show um, with with people not respecting her identity or her pronouns, um, or people, uh, you know, parents of kids 
responding badly, not at all to her teaching methods, but simply because of what she wears or that kind of thing. And I think, you know, so in a way the discussion needs to be had, um, but it's about pe- people understanding us, I think. Yeah, but it, not in this way. It's, it's re- really quite revolting how it's going down. I was talking to Rodney Croom on the show last week and he said the way the postal survey debate was framed, it was a real missed opportunity to tackle homophobia and transphobia. To what extent do you think that's the case? That's um, really interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, even being an advocate in my community, I felt powerless in the in the debate in a way. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like we were being spoken about um, there are certain TV shows I love to watch, community discussion shows where, um, you know, trans people were mentioned. Gender was so commonly the issue of, oh, my God, you know, like what happens if we allow marriage equality? People are going to, you know, and, uh, you know, taking uh, taking the marriage question in an entirely irrelevant direction. But then no, no trans people or no gender diverse people or very few actually being in the public eye to, to represent themselves and talk about their own position. So, yeah, it's, um, it's sad really how these things can be, be ch- shaped and twisted in the media. Yeah. So tell us about your own personal journey as a filmmaker. Sure. Um, you know, I started out making little little movies in high school with my friends in a day where really the technology was only becoming available and we used films as a way of getting out of writing essays. We'd make a film instead with a throwaway line to an, a book we'd read in, in our English or something. And look, I just went, followed that hobby. I didn't ha- have any other aspira- huge aspirations and and uh, passions. So yeah, I, I followed that through and I have been a, a video editor for a lot of years. Um, so a post-production background I've come from and, and only since my own um, transition about f- or beginning my transition about five years ago did I really connect with with the, the trans and gender diverse community and seeing all these and hearing all these amazing stories that I'd never heard before. And so that really spurred me on to, to move out from behind the video editing desk and, and try and direct some more content to help these people tell their stories. So is documentaries the area that you want to continue in? Have you thought about going into fiction film? Like, Look, what's your bent on it? True. I, you know, had you asked me 10 years ago when I was, you know, at uni, I would have said, oh, documentary, boring. But it's, I think it's the most fascinating thing now, the area to work in. I'd love to dabble in fiction too, but I'm not yet experienced in directing fiction. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I'd love to continue making films um, for and with and about the gender diverse community because because they're they're films that I so wish I had have seen when I was younger and and that representation is is so important to have on our screens because if you can't see it you can't be it. So what sort of things do you look for when you're directing a documentary? How do you make it? <laughs> sure. Look, I'm I'm a um it's a it's a really good question because there's a what you can make documentaries on an absolute shoestring budget. I could go out and film things on my iPhone, and that's you know just as valid as having something funded properly and bringing on board crew and all that kind of thing. Um, I guess working in the industry for quite some time, I've become a, a bit of a visual snob, for lack of a better term. I love crafting something like an artwork myself through film, um, and and so you know I, I guess I'm I'm. Heading in two directions, I'm, I'm 
trying to foster a community of people that, or you know, encourage my friends and colleagues to tell their own stories online using their iPhone and 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 YouTube and those kinds of things. But at the same time, I, um, you know, I, I'm trying to get projects up through um, traditional funding methods, um, and and hopefully in the future get get more queer people um, behind the camera and, and in technical roles as well. So. so you're really committed to the inclusion of other queer people in documentaries because the film industry has often been whitewashed of its queer and gender diverse, you know, focus, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like we're often behind industries. the scenes. We're not so much at the front of the scenes. Yeah, that's right. And look, you know, or we're, or we're you know, included as a as a tokenistic character, you know, like or a, a, the butt of a joke, or an, um, you know, or a villain, or you know, yeah. there are there are lots of problematic. There's a huge, you know, problematic history with our representation, but um, yeah, even even uh, you know, the representation of women both in front of and behind the camera um, in the film industry, the, the statistics are still quite poor. You know, mm, we're still absolutely. trying to get, we're still trying to get women into film and, and directing films and that Let alone queer women. Let, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, there's, there's, thankfully there is a, I feel a renewed focus on, on bringing opportunities to, to marginalized groups. Um, but yeah, still got a long way to go. So what's next for you on the documentary front? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, Oh, I can't say anything definitively. I've had ideas, but really... Tell us that's... about those ideas. Oh, okay. All right. Um, look, I really wanted to um, and, and still want to um, pull together a, a historical narrative documentary about um, education of queer um, students and and... Um, you know, queer topics in schools and, and that kind of thing because of how angered I was over what happened with the Safe Schools program and how I feel like very much it's still the case that if you're a kid and you're queer in school, you, you're kind of going it alone in a big way, so especially if you don't have a supportive family. It's um, almost, um, you, know, you know, as an example, like I think people... Um, if they were taught about the existence of trans people or... Um, diversity and LGBTIQ diversity in schools, those kids, a lot of kids would kind of look at their watch and go, when's recess? You know, they're not, who cares? But for those kids that it really matters for, you know, they, it would make a huge, huge difference, I think, that to have all of the school communities and adults in their lives be openly supportive of diversity. I think it's so important. Boxed is on tonight. Give us those details about your wonderful uh, and extraordinary documentary. <laughs> Thanks, James. Yeah, so um, it's called Unboxed and it's showing with a few other films as well. It's on at 7.30 at the Footscray Community Arts Centre um, and there are tickets still available. Um, so you can you can get them online or you can buy them at the door, the concession and adult tickets available. And that's Tilda uh, as in... Uh tildeswinton.com. Uh, so uh, Sam Matthews, the director of Unboxed, thank you so much for chatting. It's been really great uh, getting your insights and can't wait to see your next documentary after I see this one uh, about, about schools. It sounds like it's going to be very, very topical indeed. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It is nine to five. You are in your face on 3CR and here's Ham. Some things are long forgotten Some things were never said we were on one and this world But I had a wandering heart I said I 
said we were opposite lovers. You kept trying to prove me wrong. Just know that I want you back. Just know that I want you back. Just know that I want you. I'll take the fall and the fault, and I'll give you all the love I never gave before I left. Just know that I want you back. Just know that I want you back. Just know that I want you. Don't take it out on me now, 'cause I blame it all on myself. And I had a fear of forgiveness. I was too proud to say I was wrong. But all that time is gone. No more fear and control. I'm ready for the both of us now. So just know that I want you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.